Welcome to the Kids Podcast. Tune in for daily discoveries as we celebrate curiosity and explore interesting facts about history, science, and more in five minutes or less. Hi, I'm Luke, and welcome to the Kids Podcast. Do you like to travel by boat? Being out on the water can be an exhilarating experience. People have been using boats to get from one place to another longer than cars and planes have been around. Some boats are small and just carry a few people, while others are enormous and can take long voyages across the wide sea carrying thousands of passengers. Let's find out about one such large boat today. As the 20th century began, significant technological advances took place all over the United States and across Europe. One area that significant improvement was being made was in sailing. Steel was replacing wood, and steam engines were taking the place of sails. People wanted to travel from one continent to another, and since there were not yet airplanes, ships were the way to go. Some passengers wanted the pleasure of traveling to a faraway place. Still others were ready to leave the familiar behind to create a new life in a new country. Several large ocean liners had already voyaged across the sea between Europe and America successfully. These included the Lusitania and the Maritania. These ships offered luxury to their passengers in the form of first-class dining, rooms for parlor games, and beautiful decorated spaces. This success inspired the White Star Line, led by J. Bruce Ismay, to begin construction on three ocean liners that would be faster and safer than any others. The first ship built was the Olympic. Construction began in 1908 by Harland and Wolfe, a shipbuilding firm located in Belfast, Ireland. The Olympic was launched in October 1910 and was arguably the most luxurious ocean liner to date. It was also the largest ship built to date, measuring 882 feet long. It could accommodate over 2,300 passengers on board. Its first transatlantic voyage left Southampton, England for New York City on June 14, 1911. It was not all smooth sailing, however. On just its fifth voyage in September of 1911, the Olympic collided with another ship, the Hawk, causing significant damage to both ships. The Olympic was out of service and being repaired until November of the same year. Meanwhile, the White Star Line was busy building a second luxury liner with plans for a third as well. The second was called the Titanic. It was built by the same shipbuilder as the Olympic and would cost over seven and a half million dollars. It would be larger than the Olympic. In fact, it would be the largest man-made moving object. It would also be more luxurious and have improved safety features. The builder went so far as to call the ship unsinkable. This was because of an innovative hull system made up of 16 individual chambers. The designers of the Titanic believed that even if water were to enter as many as four of these chambers, the ship would stay afloat. And they were confident that there was no way water would get into four chambers anyway. The Titanic set sail on April 10, 1912, leaving Southampton, England, and headed for New York City. All was well for the first four days. As the ship entered the freezing waters of the North Atlantic, the captain received multiple warnings of icebergs in the area. 
The captain was confident in the vessel and did not find any reason to slow the ship down. At just before midnight on the fourth day, there was a warning of an imminent iceberg. The officer in charge instinctively tried to avoid the iceberg by reversing the engines and steering the ship to the side. It was not enough. The Titanic hit the iceberg on its starboard, or right side. The iceberg left gashes down the side of the ship, and unfortunately, five of the individual watertight compartments were ruptured. The unsinkable Titanic was going to sink. At first, the passengers did not believe that there was any danger. They had been told that the Titanic was unsinkable. Eventually, they listened to the crew and began an orderly evacuation to the lifeboats. As time went on, the ship continued to take on water. The vessel started to list, or shift, to the side. Panic set in among the passengers and crew. To make matters worse, it became clear that there were not enough lifeboats for everyone. The lifeboats could hold 1,175 people, but there were over 2,200 people on board. It was decided that women and children would have priority on the lifeboats. Unfortunately, many of the third-class passengers were trapped on the lower decks and could not get out. It took over three hours for the Titanic to sink. Sadly, more than 1,500 people died that night. This included even some people that could swim as they succumbed to hypothermia in the frigid waters. There was another luxury liner nearby that came as quickly as possible to help. The Carpathia picked up those who were lucky enough to get a seat on a lifeboat. There were major changes made to the regulations for ocean liners after the sinking of the Titanic. New rules were passed stating that there must be enough space in the lifeboats so that every person could be evacuated off the ship. On September 1st, 1985, an expedition was led by Robert Ballard to the wreckage of the Titanic. The vessel lay about 19,000 feet below the sea in two pieces. Later, in 1987, a submersible named Natalie went back down to the wreckage to salvage artifacts. The United States Congress, seeing that people would compete to own a part of history which would drive up the prices of the artifacts, passed laws making it illegal to bring anything up to the surface without authorization. Many of the artifacts are now part of a successful exhibit that draws thousands each year. Thanks for tuning in to the Inquisikids podcast. If you want to see the sources we used for this episode or send us some listener mail, you can find links in the episode description. Thank you.